0: I'm called the jesse james jesse aka the bizzle oh the bizzle thank you <laughs> the bizzle thank you the bizzle yeah the bizzle all right folks welcome back to the Bizzlecast bizzlers here for the bizzle's review of captain marvel uh, from this year fairly recently released you might have heard 2019 character of Carol Danvers from the comics. It's been re-envisioned numerous times. This is definitely the most recent version. Version that I have read and enjoyed quite a bit but this was the movie that had a ton of question marks for me and i'm going to get right into it spoilers for here on out i'm going to try and not make this too long i'll have hopefully i don't know alistair or maddie some other people on to talk about it because a lot of people brick girl definitely uh, love the movie everyone's loving the movie it's getting great money it completely overwhelmed and overrode and just ignored the nonsense on rotten tomatoes that even rotten tomatoes changed their entire policies to get rid of trolls who hated this movie before they even saw it. Um, and I am happily a member on Twitter, my Facebook, Bizzlecast group, and elsewhere of constantly championing this movie and constantly going after the idiot haters because of the reasons they are attacking this movie, not because they dislike this movie. For the same reason, I have gone as, as before, at least, and have not stopped my defense of everything about The Last Jedi in terms of actors and actresses and you know, people making controversial creative decisions. I'm fine if people hate it. I am not fine with how they hate it. Uh, it's also like with loving. You love something. It's not just what you love, but how, how you love it. Right. That's the whole that's the whole point. Um, and that being said, if you listen to the Cast, you know that I have, you know, an unhealthy obsession with uh, um, uh, not just young, but youthful, badass female, either sort of official superheroes like Captain Marvel or Wonder Woman or unofficial superheroes uh, like Princess Leia um, uh, and, and so forth. It's clearly a superhero, uh, let, let's be honest. Um, uh, and I obsessed him with Jenner. Erso. Jenner's Erso is my waifu. You guys know I love Felicity Jones. Love Carrie Fisher. Love Zoe Saldana. Scarlett Johansson. Elizabeth Olsen. Um, Tessa Thompson way before she was cast in Thor was obsessed with how just great she was in Creed with Michael B. Jordan and she was even better in Creed 2 that's the problem Creed 2 was not nearly as good of a movie but everyone's performances got better because of the chemistry um, and, and so forth but when she was cast as Valkyrie and I saw Valkyrie in, in Ragnarok and I was like this pretty much fits Tessa I think you know I'm hoping big time that she's in the Avengers and so needless to say I was thrilled about her addition but i also love the strong older women um <laughs> in hollywood including Carrie fisher's mom debbie reynolds I and mean, they both rest in peace and including annette benning who was nominally the bad guy good guy bad guy good guy not really sure but you kind of know the whole time but it doesn't really make sense character the the art of it was it called the uh the extreme intelligence or the ultimate intelligence or whatever it is, you know, um, basically, you know, Glenn Close, Meryl Streep, and then Helen Mirren and the the ladies of British cinema theater and television, Olivia Coleman, God bless her for winning the Oscar. I love movies starring, just starring strong women. And guess what guys, a Wonder Woman may seem like a shocker because it started with 100 million and ended up with like almost a billion, which never happens from opening weekend till end with the movies because of the word of mouth, especially in this country for Wonder Woman. It's just completely bonkers. Um, but they released a number of studies fairly recently and fairly publicly that mostly seem credible. <laughs> and I've checked the numbers on a lot of these. I've been following these numbers for years for the podcast and but showed, you know, quite mathematically that, you know, movies starring women, when you take in the smaller budget and investment and then you look at the returns, it was like significantly statistically higher um, with, with either females in the leads or co-leads. And that in particular, uh, movies that starred, um, exclusively men in leads. Even if it had an international bump, I mean, there's a reason. There's a lot of awesome hot chicks in the *Fast and the Furious*. God bless you, Michelle Rodriguez, Gal Gadot, and a million other people, and including, you know, in addition to all the hot guys. Obviously, I'm not an idiot. Um But there's also a reason that Elizabeth Swan, played by Cara Knightley, in the original Three Pirates of the Caribbean* movies, which I happen to enjoy. I uh, admit the first was superior, but there's a lot to like in that whole trilogy. Um, even though Orlando Bloom's completely disappeared, but there's a reason Elizabeth Swan becomes essentially a female pirate, uh, superhero for the second two Pirates movies. Star Wars doesn't even bother. They just put Jin, Princess Leia, and Ray up front of all their movies, and it mostly solves their problems. And if anything, while people say they love Han Solo, people loved Kira, played by Amelia Clark in Solo, and I think if she had more screen time and had been pushed more into the front of the trailers and the promotion, I actually think more women would have come out. Because despite what you think, gentlemen, yes, women want to go see Brad Pitt and George Clooney in the theaters, but they also want to see strong empowered of all ages and ethnicities and backgrounds and types of women kicking ass in various ways, even if they're super flawed, especially if they're super flawed, and I am on board. If, If If you're just listening to this podcast, you've 300 podcasts and years of Facebook posts. So let me tell you about my just extreme joy of of women kicking ass on screen almost in every case, even defending some bad assassin movies by Scarlett Johansson or something like that. However, I am here today with the thankless, uh, nay, heartless job of saying I didn't think Captain Marvel was that great but the good news is before I drop on you why I didn't think Captain Marvel was that great is that I have openly been maybe unfairly but certainly consistently hard on Brie Larson not because I hate her. I respect the hell out of her. And I know everyone else respects her. And people that I respect, respect her. And that's the most important thing. Just that I haven't seen movies that, with her that I loved. And as I had personal <laughs> Captain Marvel choices, ranging from Katie Zakoff to uh, uh, Catherine Winnick, women who, yes, are more on television, but are incredibly gorgeous, sexy, and A-level actors in terms of abilities. And, you know, w- would have been more natural fits as Kara Danvers as I understood her as she's reinvented by Kelly Sue DeConnick in 2011 or 2012, This Captain Marvels, this Karen Amvers, the cat, the crazy tentacle cat, like all of that. I've read all that comics, and they are great. But I could tell from the trailers that the MCU tone had already changed a bit, Um, and I was nervous. And they weren't showcasing Bree's personality on the, you know, again, admittedly, don't watch all the TV spots, etc., behind the scenes, but they weren't really showcasing that. They were showcasing the action and young Sammy J, which is, you know, usually a bad strategy, and indicates that they're not confident about it. However, being Marvel, they've released it, and it's going to kick Wonder Woman's ass worldwide, even though, spoiler alert, Wonder Woman was a much better movie. I mean, the highs of Wonder Woman were so spectacularly above this movie. I'm not going to say Wonder Woman was a thousand times more flawless, or at least I'll acknowledge many people thought Wonder Woman was either partially flawed or highly flawed. Nevertheless, between the breakout performance and crazy backstory of Gal Gadot slash Diana Prince slash Wonder Woman and the completely reversed love story with Chris Pine, who I think is one of the best actors in Hollywood uh, of all the Chris's. I don't know if he's my favorite cause I uh, adore Chris Evans, but I think Chris Pine is, is the most talented and um, they know that they have Academy talent with him, which is why they're forcing him in the second movie. Who knows how, but from the Themyscira stuff in Wonder Woman, through the adorableness and you know uh, historical hijinks in London, and then obviously the full-on was it seven eight minute No Man's Land scene extended into the town with her flying through the bell tower shield. Um, admittedly then there's a sex scene and then they get distracted and then they bomb the people they were just hanging out with and then she loses faith in humanity and then it's revealed that Aries is Aries. you should have known even if you didn't know I did know ahead of time it was Thulis but I think I would have guessed that anyways because I love Thulis but even though you can make superficial comparisons to the big bad guy fight at the end of DC movies with Wonder Woman the character journey that she goes on as witnessing everything around her and Chris Pine's sacrifice her becoming, you know, full Wonder Woman character. I just cheer and sell. Like for me, it's the ball and sort of putting off the final battle in the Wonder Woman. That's the problem. Once I get to the Ares battle, I love the over-the-topness. I wouldn't have done that with David Thewlis. I would have gone all CGI or or have not even been just a middle-aged guy without much you know armor on or whatever. So I might have envisioned that slightly different. But from Diana's side, just f- jumping up in the cross and f- holding her position and taking out a god because the man she loved died and she realizes she loves people. I'm sorry, people. There's no. Nothing like that in the Captain Marvel movie. The thing is, this isn't even going to be such a review, because if you follow me, you might notice how little coverage overall I give to the non-team-up movies. I mean, I I predicated this podcast on two things having to do with Marvel. One one was Star Wars coming back. But the two things that were most important in 2014-2015, guys, when I was planning this podcast, was A... The announcement of Chadwick Boseman in late 2014 of October, I'll never forget, Chadwick Boseman being named Black Panther and them immediately showing us how important Panther and all of Wakanda was going to be to the Avengers universe, not just a pocket of the MCU, but specifically the central part in the MCU. Also, it coincided with me falling in love with Chris Evans as Captain America and the entire team cap from Widow to Bucky to Falcon, who are still my favorite. And feeling like America was in, fully in love with Captain America as the, their favorite superhero. If you asked across all people, Spider-Man would be up there. But if you ask adults, men, women, black, white, Latino, otherwise, you, I mean, come on, how many captures are out there? We know it's Chris Evans as Captain America and like El Godot, he embodies that role in his real life as well, at least in his public persona, and I, I love that. He's completely unchained politically, and of course I agree with everything he's saying, so that I might have to do something with it. So I fell in love with Winter Soldier and all of Team Cap, I fell in love with Guardians of the Galaxy 1. I already love Zoe Saldana. I thought Chris Pratt was h- hilarious, and everything else came together, and that film, to be brilliant, did not end up li- liking a lot, or really at all Guardians 2, um, but that's you can listen to my Infinity War review for that. But that was 2014, then the Bozeman announcement, and then I was going to launch in 2015, and then I saw Age of Ultron. And maybe I had been starting before Age of Ultron, but... I saw Age of Ultron seven times, seven times in the theater, and I know that nerds in particular love to pick on that movie. Um, it's not as sort of hateful or clearly biased as a lot of Les Jedi uh, critis- uh, criticism or critique, which, again, I sympathize with in principle because I have lots of problems with Les Jedi, but not <clears throat> the hateful problems. Uh, They're film problems, um, and they never have to do with the actors and actresses almost ever, uh, and no exception here or there, but honestly, since, since Age of Ultron and Joss Whedon left, and Civil War, while it had its moments, for me, was only 80% satisfying at, at best, and because it was such a great movie and such a great cast, such a great period during the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, it, <laughs> that 80-90% is worth 100% or more of a ton of movies. It's a great, great Hollywood film but even way more than ultron which is a self-contained movie a civil war feels like a holding pattern and a training grounds which i said at the time for the russo brothers that it would be a training grounds that they were ramping up from from the russo brothers doing the winter soldier ramping up to civil war with the airport battle which i despise just like the lack of stakes in the airport battle i've talked about this before and you guys can't look Listen, I love the first half of Civil War with Panther and Bucky and Cap all chasing each other. I don't love a lot of good guy superheroes punching each other and not really having stakes. And then, you know, Bucky and Iron Man and Cap punching each other. I just, that's... that. That's what it devolves into, Um, and so it's problematic for me. Ultron, for me, has a couple acts that are a little slow. I can understand for people, but the three or four main action acts, including the final two in Korea and then the flying city of Sokovia... I mean, forget how it looks if you'd rather have robots or people. They're, people aren't going to die either way. You might as well kill robots creatively. That's what George Lucas taught us, or aliens, as we'll get to in Captain Marvel. But th- those scenes are so thrilling. And since didn't left, I'm not saying it's his leaving, but just chronologically, since didn't left, I've loved the movies way less. Um, I liked Iron Man 1 I liked Thor 1 I liked Cap 1 and 2 these are all before didn't Left and then War, slightly disappointed Iron Man 3 I thought was like not good at all I don't know why it's so acclaimed and made so much money well I guess I do it's Tony Stark and it's Iron Man Thor 3 Ragnarok biggest disappointment by far because I love Takeaway TC's work uh, and thought he way overreached on Thor Ragnarok despite Hemsworth being great Guardians 2 is way too washed out with too much color or not enough and and really boring character beats throughout the movie. The Nebula Gamora stuff was awesome. And I'm glad I got invested in that. <laughs> Despite hating uh, the Peter Quill and e- e- Ego, Kurt Russell thing. Really, really hating all that. Uh, the two sisters kept me with it. And that's a huge payoff with Avengers uh, 3. <laughs> Infinity War is going to continue, as we can see from the trailers, with Nebula looking murderous as usual. Is going to continue to pay off in the final Avengers movie. Or the final Avengers movie. Speaking of which, Carol Danvers. So Carol Danvers in the comics is extremely funny, extremely quirky. She has a complicated past that even if you start with, you know, issue one of Taconic's run back in 2011, 2012, um, and are sort of getting the character for the first time, but trying to get some of what carried over from previous incarnations, she obviously has a complicated past. She can be very emotional and she can be uh, very, um, way more than almost any Avengers other than Tony Stark. Um, well, she doesn't get selfish, but she can be extremely impulsive. But she's hilarious. Um, she's a super nerd. She loves cats and Star Wars and, you know I, they, lit, they went out of their way so far to not make Star Wars references in the Captain Marvel movie even though in the comics years before Disney or at least a year or two before Disney owned it she was already a giant Star Wars nerd making references to the Empire Strikes Back all the time and so forth they didn't do that they, you know they wouldn't, wouldn't be caught with massaging their Star Wars brothers and sisters god forbid um, but she's a complicated character she's actually with Rhodey when I was reading it with, with War Machine uh, which is great. Um, I love roadie in the comics. I love I me. Mean, I love Don G in general, but roadie in the comics is, it, even though his own is, uh, is great. Um, it is more the sort of Terrence Howard version of, of Rudy, though I think um, and the cat thing is for real the cat turning into a giant te- tentacle creature that's actually an alien is for real and when you have aliens floating you know one of the things with this movie now we have to buy is it, there's a lot of aliens like men in black style going in and out of the uh, the world that, that we're aware of and somehow they're all getting covered up or whatever which is fine because you want you Young Sammy J, which was totally gratuitous and unnecessary, but they did a good job. Young Clark Gregg, who I don't know if they did anything. Clark Gregg is ageless. He looks exactly the same now as he did 10 or 20 years ago, if you look at him in the Avengers or, or earlier stuff. so They might have just had Clark Gregg be Clark Gregg. Not nearly enough Clark Gregg. The problem in the movie is this and this would be my main argument because I don't actually want to knock the movie because I'm so thrilled about everything that's behind this, the positivity, people rallying against the idiots who were trying to tank this movie before it even started, it was available, and you know, all, all of these efforts are great and progressive and I am with you guys, I'm with you to be with Team Carol, uh, Team Danvers, um, and here's the thing guys, <laughs> The thing I was skeptical about Brie Larson was actually the only thing that kept this movie from being, in my opinion, straight up bad or at least mediocre to, to an extreme degree. Meaning not horrible like The Room, but just uh, almost no like major redeeming scenes or everything just hitting the wrong way. Everything almost hit the wrong way in this movie except when Brie Larson was involved and the, the biggest defense however isn't because i know that people found this funny and endearing this film and a lot of people loved it it's making you know a million dollars like i god bless you guys enjoy it love the thing you love i'm always saying love it i didn't see it it didn't hit for me the jokes even with sammy J, he just looked weird it didn't hit for me none of colson they had Brie Larson be like very stoic and she had to do little things with her face to convey these complexities and complications with her characters. And this is the main problem guys is show don't tell. You know, we all learn it in first grade and then again in sixth grade and then hopefully for reals in college about show don't tell when you're making your argument, make your argument. Don't tell me your argument, make your argument. And in this movie, they keep saying things, which is very, in my opinion, JV and TV, network stuff where they're like, Oh, you're so quirky or Oh, you're so funny or you're so emotional. We don't actually see it. I mean, she's stoic almost the entire time. So it's a lot of other people using adjectives to describe her, which is already a fail on screen, definitely in a movie and Brie Larson having to hold the whole thing together. And you know what? The fact that I watched the new Avengers trailer like a literally bazillion times before seeing Captain Marvel and saw that great, 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 great Little exchange between her and Thor. I hope they end up hooking up. I don't care if they end up together. I really want Captain Marvel and Thor to hook up, and, and of course she would be in charge. And he, you know he would be such a you know a little sucker in the sweetest way possible, but or just be buddies because they're so powerful, which is the point we're trying to get back to. Why another reason I'm excited. But even that exchange between her and Thor was already cooler and more. I, I'm really this is I'm actualizing for the first time was actually cooler. And more uh, compelling um, than almost anything in, in her film. And it connect to any of her side characters, and that Benning didn't do anything for me. Ben Mendelssohn, in and out of makeup, they couldn't even get because they, you know, he was supposed to be a deliciously evil bad guy, which is krennic which we want and then he turns out to be a good guy it's less interesting with the writing sammy J was just like it was way overcompensating being young but when he was running around you could tell it was old samuel L jackson which is the problem is he still moved like an old man even though he was supposed to be young so they should have just done anachronism who cares that's not the central problem the central problem is that, uh, you know, the, not the creator, but the the recreator and um, shaper of this version of Car- Carol Danvers, which I really enjoyed in the comics. It's definitely meant for like teen ladies um, or men, um, but teen ladies. Um, but it's really well written, really funny. And you get, you know, rock star, like li- like uh, literal rock star characters like um, uh, uh, what's her name from the X-Men um, who everyone wanted Taylor Swift. To be, an, oh, quick, quick side note admission. Uh, I've, been, I've hated on Taylor Swift in the past, gratuitously for no reason. Taylor, I love you. I hope that you're Dazzler. That's the mutant rock star who's literally a rock star and a mutant. It uses her rock star powers to do mutant stuff, which is great. Taylor, please come and bring Helly Steinfeld, your buddy, with you. It may be Cara Delavigne, but she's got to get her stuff together. Uh, so, um, I'll, I'll love Taylor Swift. Um, but uh, but yeah, and, and so you know w- w- what you had then was Brie Larson. But the problem is, well, she doesn't suck the air out of the room whatsoever. The way I personally think Ryan Gosling sucked the air out of much of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I mean, that movie was way too long and way too sparse and way too minimalist. Like way 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 too much. It, it was it was trying a French movie pretending to be Blade Runner, with, and you did have Harrison Ford, but. You know, Ryan Gosling for me sucks energy out of stuff sometimes. And there there are, even George Clooney in like bad roles, you know, or even so-so roles. Brie Larson did not do that. She had me on Team Larson very early on. Um, uh, I did you know I normally never check my phone during the movie but I had to take an excess amount of bathroom breaks like actual bathroom breaks during this movie I don't think it has to do directly with me not loving it it's possible uh, and so I was able to shoot some text off during it but early on to my dad I was like it was like bathroom break really quickly uh, so far not really feeling the movie which of course lasted but I said but Brie Larson you know, won me over and she totally has and you know, I waited for the post credit scene and I've, I've been so removed from Marvel. And what I was going to say earlier was that I, I'm not going to give a giant critique of this because A, people love it. B, it deserves to be loved. It's based on a great property. It's a great character. It's, it's central going forward. Um, and, you know, his power set is something I'm more into than like Doctor Strange, for example, um, until Infinity War, then everything changed with, with Strange. But for me, um, just, a, you know, a very appealing character. Um overall. Um however, so it was clear to me based on how they were shooting the action scenes and the music and the so-so side characters and you know, trying to be so uber galactic and all that stuff. It's the same what I call cosmic marvel that we've been getting since we didn't left. And part of why we didn't left, guys, is he loved shooting the Thor stuff in Ultron, as bizarre as it was, but he did not want to have to keep setting up Thanos over and over again in a way that made his movies seem irrelevant. I mean, let's be honest, they neuter the first two Avengers movies, but in both cases saying these are tiny conflicts leading to the eventual giant conflict with Thanos, which we all know is coming, and which we got in Infinity War, and we'll get to some extent, I don't know how much, in Endgame, the final one, the supposed final one for now, but you know, and and the first Avengers survives it because it's the first Avengers. It made one half million dollars. It crushed Dark Knight Rises. Beat everyone's expectations. From a fan level, from an artistic level, from definitely from a box office level, and a marketing level, and a branding level, and stuff. I mean, Captain America in his old goofy uniform, people just love AW. so You saw sort of thing, cap shirts everywhere. People already loved Robert Downey Jr., but now all of a sudden Thor. I mean, it's a thing, you know, with all the characters. Even Hawkeye has like his like you know hipster fans like me on the side. God, I love Hawkeye and the uh, and Renner. but Age of Ultron does not escape it because Age of Ultron, he specifically we didn't whatever you think of it, trying to tell an isolated Avengers story that would build the cosmic thing, but was mostly focused on characters um, and amazing giant act- action that had never been seen before. And, for me, achieved both of those things, but it was still Earth-based. You know, Thor in both Avengers is on Earth the whole time. Thor is just better on Earth. Normally with Star Trek, I'm like, get away from Earth. No, Thor, keep him on Earth. Loki on Earth. We, you know, it's, They're so much more interesting when they're with their buddies and their nemeses on Earth and not just on some random alien planet because they're gods of men. So in women, they shouldn't be here and Thor loves his people he loves his humans as crazy as they are you know it's just, he doesn't know what to make with Carol Danvers it's great the hammer comes flying back to Hemsworth go. I like this one. <laughs> totally predictable line. Nails it. And that's all you need to get Captain Marvel involved. And you know what? I remember watching that and going, this line is is easy, but they felt they had to do it. The I like this one. To people who either A, weren't seeing Captain Marvel, or B, not liking Captain Marvel, or loving it, or loving her, and at least having Thor, who everyone loves, even if we don't all see the movies and love the mo- all the movies, but Hemsworth undoubtedly is amazing and is, is one of the attractions of the Avengers uh, that goes on report it's not just Iron Man cap in terms of the draw. People love Hemsworth. His lines always get ginormous laughs regardless of what kind of movie it is. And the fact that they had two and a half really great directors do three Thor movies and two of them, Kenneth ran out and Takeaway Titi. I worship the ground they, they walk on in different ways, but couldn't make, you know, a perfect Thor movie, or actually a near perfect Thor movie. But it just goes to show how talented Hemsworth is, and him being the one to accept Carol Danvers is like, okay, even when I'll see the movie, which I did consider, guys, I considered not seeing it because I didn't want to see it and hate it, and I did not hate it. Again, lead performance can take me through almost anything. Um, Ant-Man is one of the exceptions because I love literally everything Paul Rudd is in. I don't think he's a primary A1 lead um, and they they should have given it to Evangeline Lilly who I, who I don't love but Paul Rudd is one of the only examples uh, um, and, and you know ben and Cumberbatch first Doctor Strange because it was such a predictable uh, needlessly over the top movie um, other than the Dormamo Time stuff which happens to be both very clever and very pertinent to what's going on with the Avengers uh, right now but this immediately felt like Cosmic Marvel and I miss the Avengers Avengers on the ground in the weed and Avengers movies and all the Captain America movies. I mean, Civil War was specifically even way more Earth-based than um, Ultron, uh, which had happened a year earlier because, I mean, you still have the vision, but Ultron's gone and they're not specifically talking about Infinity Stones for the time being um, in that movie, but this just had the flow of it. I mean, it's, you know... What's interesting is the formula they've stolen was not, has not been the Joss Whedon Avengers formula. When you talk about MCU movies that are just so-so or seem kind of formulaic, they've actually stolen the first Guardians one making quirky jokes when things seem too serious, being, is trying to be self-aware, but also being way over the top and doesn't always mesh. The first Guardians, it meshed, but in subsequent movies, either Guardians or relate to Guardians like this, you know, they're, they're not funny jokes all the time, and, and they don't land in all the right places um, the way Guardians 1 did. Um, uh, and, and I think still does. Uh, and so it's interesting, and they, they fired James Gunn, which wasn't Marvel's call, but that was Bob Iger, idiot r- running Disney, who I normally he preys on just for buying Lucasfilm, but in general, it's a dumb, stupid idiot. Wants to run for president, uh, you know, just makes needlessly dumb, d- d- rash decisions like firing James Gunn. Now it appears he's coming back. I can't believe they reconciled. They must be giving him so much money and doing an entire press tour about what a great guy he is and how wrong Disney was. Um, for, I, I mean, I'm glad James Gunn accepted their their olive branch. If that's what indeed is happening, if I'll move it this way, I appreciate him reaching out to the olive branch, regard regardless. But I will more appreciate it. I appreciate it more if it turns out that part of the reason he did it was to get that D- Disney admitting I'm wrong giant PR campaign and, and getting the pleasure out of that. Knowing James Gunn, I think that's part of the equation, and I really respect him for that. Because companies like Disney, though you, you guys think I defend them all the time, it's mostly Star Wars that I defend, and they need to be put in their place just like everybody else. And they nailed it here. I mean, again, like with Ray and Jin, they managed to make a lead feature. Female superhero, super strong, both emotionally and physically character um, uh, for the masses. That's doing great. Is tracking great across genders and ages and, and ethnicities. And is you know she's clearly a woman, but they don't harp, harp on the fact that she's a woman really at all in the film. And this is why it's problematic to to truly um, uh, connect this to Wonder Woman, with because Wonder Woman is a character in the comics which I didn't realize till the, before, right before the movie when I started reading Wonder Woman comics like crazy in preparation and then read a ton more after the movie. I am um, steeped in Wonder Woman lore. And the fact that she's a woman, like, you know, I am a woman, like, hear me roar, woman, like, you know, like feminine, uber-feminine uh, character that's not at odds, but actually is fully compatible with strength, but it's a feminine strength, and that's part of her superpower. Part of Wonder Woman's superpower is the love. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, Luke with Vader in Return of the Jedi is the only thing comparable of the, you know, I'll sacrifice myself for love, um, for specific love of someone I lost or, you know, the love of all people kind of thing, you know, like she specifically harnesses traditionally female uh, aspects, and that's why it was really disappointing in Justice League that, she, that Wonder Woman wasn't the leader. She should have been the leader, you know. I mean, she should obviously be the leader, definitely the tactical leader, not ba- jungle, been ba- not like Batman. Sorry, guys. Um, but it's impossible to compare because Wonder Woman was really making a statement, um, and, it, it's just, you know, in general, you guys know I, I've, pref- I've preferred the MCU, but if you look, again, since I started my podcast in 2015 with uh, Age of Ultron, the only movies I've loved, I mean, last year we had Infinity War and Black Panther, so I love both those movies, but between then and now, meaning between Age of Ultron beginning 2015, and then last year mid mid 2018 Black Panther Infinity War those three you know three years or whatever not a huge fan. I've already talked about Civil War. Not an Ant-Man guy. Didn't like the first Doctor Strange, even though I'm way more interested in him now. You know, with the, uh, his clear fucking with time stone and with Thanos. And I can't wait to see Doctor Strange's plan unfold in Infinity War. And in fact, infin- Doctor Strange is, I think, already the character that's going to come out of these two movies as the biggest um, uh, um uh, beneficiary, if, in my mind, because I'm now so into him, and I didn't care at all, or worse before, about him in the movies. Now I'm super invested, uh, and I love the philosophy, prophecy, you know, time loop stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally in on him, but his movie not a fan guardians 2. almost offensively amateurish in points in my opinion at least in execution and uh takeaway tt tried way too hard he started off so great with the first few acts of thor ragnarok and while the arena stuff with jeff goldblum in the 80s, synth stuff in space was totally... The heart was in the right place. It was too jokey, and it devalued Thor's character. And Hemsworth played it to a T, and he did it in a way that never embarrassed himself, but... And, but what made it even worse is they didn't even commit to that because the final twenty five minutes is like a bad, bad Lord of the Rings, like a ripoff of a ripoff of the Lord of the Rings final battle. Was even with Cate Blanchett as the evil Galadriel, essentially his sister, and the in the huddled masses and Etris Elba, you know everyone medieval. I mean, how is Asgard so advanced? They're constantly huddled masses getting murdered uh, in rags. I don't see how. Oh, Asgard. they should go dark with Asgard I think that's why they destroyed it they're like we don't know what to do with this anymore fuck the infinity stones we're going to destroy the shit out of this and boy did Asgard lose two of its pink soldiers at least in Infinity War with Loki and, uh, and Idris um, but back to Kevin, Captain Marvel to v- finish this podcast which I'm sure has already gone longer than i half hour, that's not bad um, is go see the movie Enjoy it. The effects are pretty good. Um, like the movie, the negatives aren't the problem with this film, meaning when I, the effects are are fine and are good, there weren't a lot of problems. Like Black Panther, there was clearly a couple areas, especially in the final battle, we know were a little problematic, and, and they just went over the top with Black Panther, which, because of the emotional stakes in that movie being the best we've had since the Winter Soldier and Bucky and Cap, I think, um, when you have Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman in Boseman together in that movie, um, two lead male characters or whatever, who are going at it, uh, but love each other at some level. Um, and Who fucking cares? It's Black Panther. They're riding rhinos, but they've got lasers and spaceships. I mean... You know, and the white man colonizer turns out to be like their buddy who's, who's not such a bad guy and going to help them out. You know, they threw a bone to the white people, which is great. I, I love, you guys know I love Africa. And again, I've been calling the awesomeness of the Black Panther for literally years now. And I'm just thrilled to see it. You know, people just want more Shuri. The fact that people even know who Shuri is by name and want more of her is just it make, it's like people knowing who Ray or Jen or Power Finn are. Um, and don't, Bizzle, don't make the Star Wars podcast. Don't make Star Wars podcast. I um, think last year is ending up being a spectacular year between Deadpool 2, Solo, Infinity War, and Black Panther. I mean those are four of the best genre movies of the last few years, in my opinion. Um, and I probably have Deadpool 2 at, at the lowest of it, only because re- I haven't had enough repeat rewatches to fully digest it. Um, but these Avengers movies are great. And you know what? All the problems with, you know, t- testing out big battles with no stakes and civil war with the, aer- the airplane scene and just in general, good guys punching each other excessively. Ursus got it out of their system and they channeled the best of James Gunn with Guardians. They channeled definitely the best of Charles Whedon, um, uh, with Avengers. But I didn't want to give short shrift to James Gunn because both the Gunnian humor and the Whedon 't esque humor um, were extremely present and it wasn't just tributes. They were in the proper places, whether it was Tony or Banner or Strange or Spider-Man. I mean, that's the thing. The main crew are the characters I'm not the most interested in at the moment in terms of their movies at all. I'm all the Team Cap and Team Panthered out. I mean, I I wanted more of them, but that's how good Infinity War was. And I think... Here's here's the thing, guys. I'm gonna end on major positivity. So we know about the Thor, uh, Danvers uh, postscript and the new Avengers trailer, which is very cute and more than a little sexy. And you know, I think everyone knows it. Two beautiful people and two of our awesome superheroes, who I hope both, by the way, her and Thor. I, I'm 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 selfishly holding, um, hoping for a friendship. If nothing else, I'd be fine with friendship. I don't need a romance. But I'm just saying, I would take either a romance turning into a friendship, or just a straight friendship between Thor and Captain Marvel, if that just ensures that yes, it keeps Captain Marvel, but more so can keep Hemsworth, because we know Brie Larson's staying for a while. I, I, I want some assurances that Hemsworth is. They haven't given us any. He hasn't given us any. Thor is the youngest. He has the most potential. He's always better than his movies. Has you know, and his energy, charisma, great looks, and amazing chops. I mean, just Tessa Thompson. I mean, they just make a Valkyrie Thor movie, man. It would be so brilliant, and be so 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 brilliant. Um, and so we got right. So we got the Carol scene with Thor and the hammer, and her, her not flinching and giving them the coy smile. I like this one. Um, and then we get the the perfect Avengers postscript: the end of Captain Marvel. This is, guys, I haven't used, I've been listening to some of my old podcasts for the first time in a while. I was like, oh, I coined some terms early on for myself to use as tools for the listeners I haven't used in a while. Um, and one of them is the, st- the straightest point, uh, uh, the straightest route between two points. You know, water always flows to the lowest point. Um, but bringing friction and gravity into it. Meaning, don't overthink it. <laughs> Do a final scene where we see all the Avengers that we love. We know Tony's not there yet, but all the rest of the Avengers are gathering. They're monitoring how many dead people there are in the world. Now, Natasha still has her blonde hair, so they haven't gone fully into the time loop yet, or we're going to have mirror universe Avengers. I probably shouldn't have made all those predictions until I saw the end of Captain Marvel. So maybe we aren't actually going to get two full mirror universe Avengers uh, original six teams, which I would be fine with in the first part of the the, 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 the final movie or whatever. Because they, they, you know, they were, they're there right after Wakanda. Obviously, the ones who survived the uh, ashification, as I call it. Um, Not my favorite part, but you know what? Artistically, there's something. If you watch. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen as the Scarlet Witch slowly fade, and what she does with her face and body as the Ash takes her is brilliant. I think Elizabeth Olsen isn't getting enough credit for, yes, she's one of the youngest, and that's why she is in such simpatico with her mutant powers and special effects in general. She is flawless, even more than ScarJo, unlike anything involving CGI or you know green screens or whatever, and I think it's because she started so young, um, and the Scarlet Witch is so weird, and I really hope we see more of those characters next in the next movie, but I'm glad they overthink it, and they're like, "Oh, what's this device? Something about Fury, and that's something about Fury." Obviously, her old boss. She still loves him. Gets the device. Boom, boom. But what? Who's that? Captain Marvel. Straight back to the credits. Brilliant, brilliant. Because guess what? They're going to make more money than last time. <laughs> they're going to make two and a half billion. No, this could be the one that takes down Avatar. This should bring down Titanic because uh, at two billion, I believe I should know these numbers by heart. I believe it's but two billion. Um, Infinity War was billion or two short of Titanic Avatar is like 2.8 billion it had like a million releases and that was the first 3D and they charged a bazillion dollars whatever it's inflated but it still has to be beat can Avengers make 3 billion I don't know but by focusing on the original characters but feeding off Black Panther and Infinity War where we got a lot of new characters that people love is very 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 smart they're going to be able to work in Nebula they're going to be able to work in Ant-Man it appears like which I'm actually okay with because you need some comic relief with how depressing this movie is going to be um, um, so I've already put on the spoiler warning way at the beginning, guys, but if you haven't read my predictions online, this is a Rogue One situation for the original six, I'm, I'm sorry to say. Now, it's possible Hulk and Thor can't really die. We know Thor can sort of die temporarily and be reborn, as per being a demigod. With Hulk, it's less clear. Uh, but the four human characters, Cap, uh, yeah, Cap, and Natasha, and Clint, and Tony, who, by, by the way, are the four who are in the final shots of the trailer. They're the four who say whatever it takes, Thor and uh, Hulk. Don't say it, but the four human characters all, all say whatever it takes, and they all look horrified, like they're about to die. So I'm calling this Rogue Two. This is definitely a Rogue One-esque dying by driving into the sunset. For the original Avengers, I thought they were doing it fully in a reverse timeline. Um, I'm not sure how to explain them being in the current timeline at, in both the end of the trailer with Brie Larson and the end of Captain Marvel with the cameo of Brie Larson in her own movie, I guess, in the post credit scene with the Avengers, that she's finally there, or that she's already there. And by the way, she's gonna be flying the spaceship, baby. Oh yeah, it's great. She's the most powerful of all of them, other than maybe Thor, the Vision, and Scarlet Witch. I don't know. We'll have to see comparative powers. She was pretty powerful in her movie tonight. Um, no doubt about it. But she will be definitely flying the ship, which will be great. I hope, I hope Thor's in the passenger seat and just keeps making like dumb man jokes about, you know, she should be making the left or something. Oh my god. Just, that's the thing. The material writes itself for these actors. And so final thought, um, thank you for listening. I thought Brie Larson was great. She's, you know, I mean, (laughs) I'm on team Larson as, as Carol Danvers, um, I should say this is my second to final thought really quickly I love Supergirl I'm horrified that they're going to try and cast not Melissa Benoist in a movie version of Supergirl because while the show is so corny and the writing is uneven to say the least um, and the production is corny the cast is amazing and Melissa Benoist as Supergirl is like only a half step below Dote as Wonder Woman that's only because she's on TV she should be on the big screen playing Supergirl in my opinion even if they're not ginormous movies she's of movie level quality um, for this kind of thing and her name is Care Danvers, so Care Danvers. I'm sorry, Bray, but (laughs) Melissa's got my my heart still a little bit. But both Danvers are awesome. I'm totally down. I've, that's the thing, I've always been down with Captain Marvel, well, since I read it a year or two ago, and knowing the trajectory, I was down with Captain Marvel and her cats, her alien weird tentacle cats joining the Avengers, and I'm still fine with that, but I'm more fine with it than I thought, because this, and this is the actual final thought, which is, I wanted to come out of this movie liking Brie Larson as Captain Marvel as a much higher priority than the movie itself. This, this was a scouting movie for me. In retrospect, Doctor Strange was the same. I didn't realize it at the time, but that was definitely a scouting movie for me. This was a scouting movie for me. This is not a movie I'm going to resee. Uh, maybe for familial reasons, I would resee it once with my dad or something. But um, this will not be in rotation. Um, it certainly has way fewer cringeworthy parts than Guardians Two and Thor Ragnarok for me, and is less inconsistent. Um, but what it consists of is, you know. Again, it, it, it it's colorful, but without life um, at times. But man, at the end of this movie, do they ratchet it up when she goes full Wonder Woman? You know, full Captain Marvel. She's fully executed in her potential, and it's a uh, it's a glory to watch. So. I'm definitely recommending this to you guys. I'm giving it a seven and a half out of ten, but that is very much a personal rating. I, I think this is for, uh, for most people, and this would this would be let's put it this way: for most people, and usually for me, with a strong, uh, complicated female lead character like this, and a role like this, it would be an eight and a half. It just there was too much that didn't hit with me, and it lost me a little bit with the drama and the dialogue, and so it has to go down to a seven and a half. But it is one I think I will revisit. I know I just said this, but unlike Ant-Man and Ant-Man 2, I'll probably revisit this some far time in the future, like Doctor Strange on a plane ride a year later or something. I was like, well, this movie's much better than I thought. If you skip the, <laughs> the first 20 minutes, this movie is not like this. It has a great beginning, has a couple cool beats in the middle, and has a spectacular ending. Um, I'm really done with the guardians. Can the Cree. uh, again, is my main problem is I just don't want aliens at my Marvel. I've got them in star Wars and star Wars is their own alien aesthetic and they're nailing it in most of the movies, certainly solo and Rogue one nailed the aliens. Uh, force awakens did pretty good. Last Jedi depends who you ask. Um, but in general, they're nailing the aliens in star Wars, but the star Wars aliens have to look a very specific way and star Trek and, you know, I really like Star Trek Discovery Season 1. I'm not paying for yet another service to watch Season 2 yet. When it, finish, when it finishes, I absolutely will pay for a month or whatever and and, and binge the entire Star Trek Discovery. Their problem is way too few aliens. I'm hoping they do that this season and not just introduce Spock, which it's not as bad as a new Supergirl when it comes to not Melissa Benoit Supergirl, but Zachary Quinto is really the perfect successor of Spock to um her so, name may you rest in peace everyone knew knows it and knew it and knows it including uh our dear departed Leonard Nimoy and that's why he embraced the the, the film franchise they really got away from that um and I'm really getting away from the review which is enough with the aliens I, I want the, the, the Thanos who's above Thanos working with Thanos Kate Blanchett comes back who I don't fucking care I want it to be like the end of Avengers 1 with the Chitauri, but for like all aliens within the galaxy, <laughs> at least for a while. Um Because I, w- I want the Earth-based stuff. I want this, the Black Widow maybe with Hawkeye rated R movie or, or TV series. I mean, luckily we're getting some in the form of the Scarlet Witch TV series and I think a Loki TV series. Um Maybe they will do some more adult stuff like bring back Jessica Jones who's insanely popular for example to the Hulu service so they're putting their adult stuff like Deadpool Captain Marvel will definitely be on Disney look she's a great Disney hero they managed to have it be epic action in this movie again without killing a ton of people there are a couple scenes where they specifically either good guys or bad guys kill people and and they're making clear people are dying in a way that's responsible for kids so I give them big props for that um, and how they handled violence because you know Star Wars is so much more straight ahead about the brutality of violence and the consequences of violence and marvel gets away with you know flashes and bangs and ignoring the issues and they again they mostly ignored it here but this is this is a this is a pg slash pg-13 movie not what i want more of which is either straight r or pg-13 slash r like parts of the winter soldier or you know some of the I don't know I mean what I guess Zack Snyder wished he had back when he was doing Man of Steel and Justice League and so forth uh yeah uh, I don't know the PG-13 thing is, is getting tiring and the Marvel formula is getting transparent but they keep bringing the amazing talent to the table and you see everyone from Natalie Portman Tessa Thompson who Gal Gadot who's technically a competitor in this arena but who's embraced the you know embraced Brie embraced Carol Danvers and you know all the women of Hollywood coming together it definitely warms my heart and uh, so does this whole project I think her second movie will be better um, and and will be more interesting um, Um, But I also think that she's going to be – regardless if she has seven – no, it won't be seven. Whether she's on screen for 20 minutes or an hour of the Avengers movie – uh, even those 20, 15, 20 minutes are going to be great because again, the Russos have channeled the best of all the directors, mostly Gunn and Whedon, but also a lot of the solo directors. Um, and, and I keep saying the Russos, but it's McFeely and um, his writing partner. They've been working together with the Russos for, like, since the Winter Soldier. Their they're brain trust, basically taking all the best stuff. I think people are going to love Carol and Avengers. And I've seen enough in these movies and I've studied and talked and thought and, and seen enough with these all these actors across all these properties to know when there's still potential that ha- that hasn't been untapped um, uh, with a character, and uh, the fact that it's you know going to make a billion and still have untapped potential. I don't know. I mean, I'm not putting Brie Larson quite next to Chris Hemsworth yet, but she's got the room in front of her. She's just got to uh, faster, higher, whatever. <laughs> I love that they leave higher and they decided it wouldn't be a marijuana reference that's faster, further, higher. Is that it? Yeah. So, um, yep, so seven five out of ten, but a recommendation to see it, uh, especially if you, if you can get cheap tickets in decent theater. Otherwise, if you have access to a big television, it wouldn't be the worst thing to, to wait on. Um, the key, the key thing is to hopefully see it before the Avengers, but you, like Black Panther, you don't really have to. Um, Black Panther was more thematic, the connection. I'll be interested to see how they tie it in. It's sort of a confusing origin story, which I respect they tried to take on. And again, Props to Brie Larson, Brie. I've been hard on you in the podcast, but that's only because you've won an Oscar and have had a lot of hype and a lot of people saying you're the next big thing. And so I have high standards, and you fucking nailed it. Um, but I think you're already nailing it even better in the Avengers movie. And if that's the case, then you, you, um, my uh, my friend, uh, will will be welcome um, on the Scarlet Witch, uh, Scarlett Johansson, Zoe Saldana uh, train. I mean, you're already there for all the important ways um but you had it handed to you and you fucking kicked it out of the park and i can't wait for you to kill it to play off they need a new a new optimism someone from outside someone who's not jaded by their relationships and their path i mean She's going to be the, honestly, the funny Carol Danvers that I wanted from the comic books that I didn't really get in this movie, in, in her movie, I think we're going to get in Avengers. And I'm very excited for that. So thank you so much, Bizzlecast listeners, for listening. Um, uh, it's my first solo review in a while. Hopefully it was somewhat coherent. And I will hopefully be talking with some other people soon about this movie. If not, there will definitely be Avengers talk coming up. You know, I know I've been going on Star Wars for a couple of years now. Um, pretty heavily, but I I gave a lot of love to Black Panther and Infinity War. I still love those movies. I just did Infinity War commentary with Simi, which was great. Hope you enjoyed that. And um, definitely more Star Wars and other uh, nerd movie and television stuff coming soon. Thank you for listening. May the Force be with you. But for now, the Bizzlecast is out.